The Dallas Mavericks get a win over the Charlotte Hornets. Kristaps Porzingis shuts me up entirely. <laughs> and the Mavericks finally hit some shots in a win over Charlotte. Nick Eng said Kevin Gray here. We'll break down this game on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel coordinator for the locked on podcast network Whew, this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want, need, and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us right now, you can see just this little like elements of the <laughs> AAC just kind of still playing. And you can see Kevin and I just like getting continually colder as they, That's put, right. as they put the ice down on, on the court right now. Uh, joining me. For multiple time guest, friend of the show, uh, person I sit next to almost every game. And, <laughs> That's right. And, and annoyed by my little uh, rants and things that, that we talk about. Uh, Kevin Gray at Kevin Gray Sports from 1053 The Fan. Kevin Gray, what you got for me? The Mavericks beat the brakes off the Charlotte Hornets tonight, 120 to 96. Christos Porzingis, his most dominant first half of the season, got contributions from pretty much everybody, whether it was Josh Green, whether it was Moses Brown. Trey Trey, Trey Burke got into the act. A, uh, a complete team win for the Dallas Mavericks before welcoming the Lakers on Wednesday. Yeah, K- KP is exactly where we're going to start because yesterday I <laughs> was not impressed by the Mavs win over the uh, over the Mavs win the other day. And I just said, man, the Mavs beat the Thunder and they beat them by almost 20, but it wasn't convincing to me. Even though it was almost a 20-point win, it just didn't seem convincing. And I went on this little rant about Christoph Porzingis. He got outscored by Moses Brown. KP only scored 13 points in that game. Thunder didn't really have any guys to guard him. So what is he doing out there? What what is when is Christoph Porzingis going to prove himself right that he thinks he's the second star on this team? He thinks he's one of the best scorers in in the league. When is he going to prove himself right? And that's exactly what he did in this game. I mean, Christoph Porzingis, 22 points in the first half, 12 boards, three blocks in the first half. It was a dominant first half. It's one of those, Kevin, if you look at this box score and you just see, oh, KP, 24 points, 13 boards, eh, that's, that's a fine game for him. But it, it didn't tell the whole story because you had to see how he went about scoring those points, how he was involved in the offense, how he made the offense run, especially in that first half. Yeah, I thought he came out extremely aggressive in the first quarter, really looking for his shots, whether it was dribble drives from the three-point line, getting to the basket, dribble handoffs between himself and Jalen Brunson. There was a lot of variety, I thought, to Porzingis' game on both ends of the floor. You saw him hitting threes. You saw him hitting mid-range, getting some post-up looks where he's been really efficient this year. And I thought this first half was unicorn-like stuff Mm -hmm. from Christos Porzingis Mm -hmm. when you saw him hitting threes, taking the ball to the basket. And then on the other end of the floor, you know, being able to defend the paint with a ferocity that I don't think we've seen from him Throughout this season, he was terrific, especially in the first half. Oh, the defensive end, I thought, I mean, I was impressed by him in both ends, right? And that's what I wanted. I wanted to see KP, okay, I'm the leader. I'm the one that says when we start to put our foot on the gas, right? If you've heard, what's that uh, that movie, Aristocat? <laughs> I'm the leader. Yeah. I'm the one that says uh-huh. when it's the end. Yeah. It's the end, right? And Chris Osborne has finally put his stamp on a game. When Luca wasn't there, we've seen him put his stamp on a game when Luca was there, when he's mm-hmm. getting fed the ball. But this time it was 
like the dribble drives, the moves. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like in the third quarter, we were like, KP just wants to be like a wing, right? Like KP, <laughs> KP just wants to be out there and yeah. like score off the dribble and do stuff like that. And he was able to do it in this game. Now, there's a couple of reasons why he was able to do that in this game. The Hornets played pretty small. The mm-hmm. Hornets didn't have anybody that really intimidated him on defense. There's not really, they, they got a bunch of wings, but they don't really have like the long, like, all def- all like all NBA defense type players that you would expect. They're throwing a bunch of different guys at him. And KP was like, all right, I can take you off the dribble. I can take you off the dribble. I can take you off the dribble. And it just was happening in a bunch of different ways. He did hit three threes in this game, which is, is great for him to finally be hitting some shots. But he took over and he really uh, put his stamp on the game offensively. And then you mentioned defense. He was huge. I mean, he he altered so many shots. He yeah. stopped guys at the rim. Anthony Edwards would have been proud. He of would this, have. Of Porzingis performance. If nothing else, Porzingis validated Anthony Edwards' words that he is the <laughs> most ferocious rim protector in the NBA. Um, and I thought, you know, the dunk, the the block dunked attempt that he had on Miles Bridges Ooh. was was fantastic. Now, first of all, let's get this straight. I don't know why Miles Bridges thought he could take off midway in the paint to try and posterize Christos Porzingis. This man. But nonetheless, he tried. Porzingis met him at the rim and said, no, not going to happen tonight. And I thought that was really a microcosm of how well Porzingis played, whether it be help help defense, blocking shots. He did it all tonight, especially (laughs) in the first half, I thought. That Miles Bridges play, we were sitting right in front of it. I mean, we we are not, what, like 50 yards from it or something? Mm -hmm. and. When I tell you Miles Bridges pulled up from <laughs> up on that dunk, KP was maybe 10 feet away from the basket when Miles Bridges decided to just like cock back yeah. and try to dunk on KP. And I just looked at you and I said, did Miles Bridges think he was going to drag KP 10 feet to the rim? Like, did, in, order for him, for, in order for that dunk to go through, KP would have had to start 10 feet from the basket and end two feet from the basket, right? Like he would have had to drug him in the air eight feet and i, I did not think that was going to happen but i don't know uh, if, he definitely if, uh, tried on it and it did not work for him yeah i don't know if miles bridges <laughs> was trying to pull you know his own version of michael jordan in space jam you know remember michael jordan jumped <laughs> from the free throw line and stretched his arm all the way out yeah i don't know if he was trying to channel that but it did not work because christoph Porzingis oh. wasn't gonna let it happen man the question that comes up anytime kp has a big game like this if the Mavs get this version of KP, <laughs> fill in the blank. Kevin Gray, fill in the blank. What can the and what can the Mavs do accomplish? You know, do this season if KP plays like this. If you get that version of KP, you could see this team winning a first round series. Granted, everything else around them plays the way that they will do in terms of shooting the basketball, defending the perimeter. But this is the kind of night where you're missing your best player. You guys getting paid a bunch of money. He's supposed to be the second best player, and he played like the guy that would be the second guy to step up or the guy to step up when your best player is missing. So that's the kind of team when they make shots, defend, get out in transition. This is the kind of team that you could see, you know, winning a first round series. But obviously the inconsistency of this team has not given Mavs fans a lot of confidence that that version of Chris Sports or this version of the Mavericks can consistently show up from night to night. Not to say that, you know, the extremes of how they shot the ball would need to show up, but they would have to get better, more consistent shooting from this team night in and night out. Yeah, there's a lot of other reasons why the Mavs won this game, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of other things we're going to go into later in the show, but the way KP scored in this game, it to me, it wasn't dependent on a point guard, right? That's that's sort of what we that's that's at least me personally what I've been waiting for KP to do. Show me a game where you can go out there and score, and you're not dependent on Brunson to set you up. You're not yeah. dependent on Luca to set you up. You're not dependent on the pick and roll game. You can go out there and hit a couple shots and and do a little you know, do a little bit here and there. 
Now, this Hornets team is not a good defensive team at all. So Mavs did take advantage of that. They they missed they made a bunch of threes, and so KP was given a little bit more freedom because the spacing was out. The Mavs played small a lot in this game, even though we did see KP and Moses together for a little bit. We did. We, we saw a little bit of that, but the Mavs played small a lot, so they had a lot more space. KP had a lot more room to operate, but he took advantage of all those plays, and that's what that's all I want from him is take advantage of those plays, do some stuff. He had a couple of passes in this game, too, that actually – impressed me like his his ability to move and, and read in the offense has been really good there's a couple people that commented on youtube after my rant yesterday about <laughs> kp and said you don't give kp enough credit he was he was in the flow of the offense i agree with that right i absolutely agree usually i don't go back and say oh well I, youtube comments are are, are, are are right and i'm wrong uh maybe that's the thing i need that's to big on. of you to admit maybe. that you were wrong nick that's big of you but, but i think that was a fit that was a fair critique is that, yes, KP does operate within the offense. But a couple times, if you're the star player, if you're the best player on the court, you got to take over. you got, you got to take over just a little bit. you got to show me something, exactly what he showed in this game. And I think that's important for this Mavericks team going forward, especially now that they've won a couple of games without Luka Doncic. They were 0-4 prior to the game against Oklahoma City. They got the win without Luka, obviously beating, you know, a not very good Oklahoma City Thunder team. But then against the Charlotte Hornets here, you're really able to establish a lot of different things with a lot of different guys contributing. But more importantly, your second best player spearheading the effort on both ends of the floor. And you talked about KP's passing. I think he's his passing is much more underrated than what folks like to give him credit for, yeah. especially as he's starting to make plays for himself, you know, taking the ball to the basket, trying to find, you know, shots for himself, but for teammates when they're open too. You know, Porzingis' passing ability is something that continues to improve. And I think it's just another part of his game that will help the Mavericks be better in terms of their offensive efficiency going forward. Speaking of making things better, the Dallas Mavericks have been using Moses Brown and Josh Green a lot, getting some de- them some development time. We definitely have to get into their game. I think this may have been Josh Green's best game mm-hmm. as an NBA player. We'll get into that. We'll talk about that more. But speaking of things that make you better, Truebill, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't get. Don't let greedy corporations pocket money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. We all have those subscriptions that we get that we forget about, and you're like, dang, I don't remember getting Paramount Plus. That's always my example because that happened to me. <laughs> I need Truebill to be able to keep track of all these different things that I have to keep track of because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. They have a concierge that's there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill dot com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. There's a link in the description of the podcast and on YouTube, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Also want to tell you about my co-host Isaac, one of his favorite products that we've ever advertised. When I told him that we were about to advertise this product, he went, wait, what are they sending me things? Or am I getting things? It's stance. Isaac loves stance, uh, apparel stance, socks, stance, underwear, loves all that kind of stuff. I don't, Often ask Isaac how his underwear is, but he did tell me that the stance underwear is good <laughs> and that the socks are good. And they have great, uh, all kinds of good stuff with with stance. You can get uh, Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, um, baseball, NBA, Pixar, all kinds of different. Um, I almost just said flavors of socks. That is absolutely <laughs> not the word that I should have said. They have absolutely all kinds of designs and, and characters that you can get on your stance apparel. So check it out. Go uh, go check it out for yourself. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. 
Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color comfort of a less ordinary life with stance. All right, Kevin Gray, let's get into this game. How the Mavericks ended up winning this game, how they came out. The Mavericks started Chris Alcorzingis, Jalen Brunson, the two wings, Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, and then Dwight Powell. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets were without LaMelo Ball. I've said that a couple times, but Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, Terry Rogier, Isaac Sky, uh, one of the Martin twins, Cody. Yeah, Cody. <laughs> right. right, exactly. <laughs> and then Nick Richards at the at the center spot. He did not last long in this game, and the Hornets went small a lot. And so mm-hmm. that made the Mavericks decide to to change and go small as well. But this barrage from the Mavs started right out of the gate. I mean, the Mavs got out to a 10-point lead, and uh, the Hornets had a bunch of turnovers to start. The Mavericks were hitting some threes. I mean, you could just tell early in this game it was going to be different for the Mavs. Yeah, they came out with, I think, a lot of energy. I mean, this their fifth game in seven nights, and they were able really to take it to Charlotte to start out the game. You mentioned getting out to a 10-0 run to start the game. It really set the tone. I thought that Christos Porzingis really making sure that he knew that he was going to be the guy that both offensively and defensively he was going to be the one that they looked to. And I thought that start for them was important to set a tone for Charlotte that, hey, just because we've been playing, you know, a lot of games over a really short span, we're going to be the team that comes out aggressively. And they were able to do that to start off the game, I thought. Yeah, they really were. They got to out to a 10-0 lead, then a 14-5 lead. And it, it just felt it felt different, right? It, yeah. felt, it felt like this game was built different. <laughs> <laughs> it was built different. It was, because it wasn't built by bricks. Exactly. It was, it was built by threes. It was built by movement in the offense. Now, I, I've seen a lot of people make, make jokes and comments and say things on Twitter. The Mavs offense looks so different without Luka Doncic. Yeah. And I think I think at times it does. People say, oh, there's more flow to the Mavericks offense without Luka Doncic. I agree with that. Now, but don't get conf- don't get it twisted, confused, however you want to mm-hmm. put it. Flow does not equal efficiency, right? Flow can look like something. You can have a really good flowing possession and it end in a shot clock violation. Yeah. Right? How does the Mavericks offense look without Luka? And is it that flow versus efficiency that the Mavericks are having to try and, and juggle when Luka's out and then when Luka's in? I think at times when Luca is in and this offense is being ran by him, guys tend to stand around and wait for something to happen. Without Luca, you're forced to trust your offense. You're forced to move without the basketball. You're forced to trust your teammate to make the right pass in the right situation where he's supposed to be anticipating you to be. So that creates responsibility and onus for these guys to not only run the offense, but run it efficiently enough to get a good shot or a great shot based on the way that they're moving the basketball. So I don't think it's necessarily that the offense is better without Luka, but it forces the Mavericks players to be able to run offense correctly based on their principles and concepts so that they're they're getting good shots or getting even better shots based on what they're trying to do on the floor each night. Yeah, it's the it's the flow, right? Yeah. It's, it's the flow of the offense. Guys are moving a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like if you have a day where you just sit at home all day, for some reason to get up and walk, like to walk your dog or to walk. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, it's so hard, right? That's <laughs> yes. my, like, I have a, I don't have a, a one-bathroom condo right now. The bathroom's upstairs. And if I'm like sitting around all day downstairs <laughs> and I got to go to the bathroom, I'm like, damn. <laughs> I gotta go all the way upstairs. And some days, if you're active, you're moving around a lot, then it's like, oh, I just go upstairs, and you don't even think twice about it. It's yeah. not even something you think about. That's the way I think that this Mavericks offense works. Sometimes is that okay? We're moving around every possession. There is no option besides move around. Now there was a time in this game, oh, Mavericks had an incredible offense. There's a time in this game where the flow is too much. Right? Mm-hmm. They flew 
Uh, they cross the streams sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ghostbusters just came out again. <laughs> Mavericks cross streams sometimes where there's Maxi Kleba in paint and KP's like backing somebody down at the same time. Yeah. There's different things where it gets crossed. But that flow happens for the Mavericks. And it's something they have to figure out how to capture. And it's discipline, I think, right? It's discipline yeah. to move without the ball when you're stuck in some of those games when Luca is going to ISO, you know, 20 times a game or 15 times a game or something like that, because that's a really efficient shot for the Mavericks when, when Luca ISOs and he gets his man and, and he figures it out. Yeah. I think one of the best things about guys like Josh Green, for example, moving without the basketball, what can I do to get myself in a better position to get an easy shot or be able to make a pass to help another teammate get a better open shot? Those are the kinds of things that when Luca comes back to this lineup that you want to see them continue moving without the basketball because Luca's going to find you. Luca's going to be able to find you open, be able to get you open in terms of a pass that he may make. Those are the kinds of things you want to see from the Mavericks when he comes back to this lineup. I hope that everybody can hear just like the drilling and moving of Palace. Oh, yeah. And everything that's that's happening in the background right now. They're literally just tearing up the court. It's so weird how they just tear the court up and put the ice in. If you guys don't know if you're you know international, if you've never been to a Mavs game, the American Airlines Center is used for the Dallas Stars, the hockey team as well. And so they're putting they're literally going to put down the ice and they just take the court off in these little sections piece by piece. Yeah, it's like the weirdest kind of yes. the weirdest thing. And it's getting colder as we speak. It is, yeah, it is really getting, <laughs> getting a lot colder in here. You can see it shivering. Um, but yeah, how the Mavericks came about this win. We talked about the threes hitting. The Mavs started the mm-hmm. game 10 of 13 from 3. They were just absolutely bombing and it was everybody. Christoph Porzingis taking over in the in the first half. And I thought Trey Burke was yeah. a really really big spark off the bench. He finished this game. Um, Trey Burke finished this game with 22 points. He was nine of, of 14, but he was five of five in the first half. That's had right. 10 points, and I thought that was, he was he was a catalyst, right? He was a catalyst for this Mavs team to uh, to get some offense going, and uh, it was a lot of ISO with him too. Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy that'll just take the ball, and everybody'll stand around, and he'll get a shot. He's kind of like that microwave offense, that instant offense. You know, coming off the bench, being able to provide instant scoring, whether it be from the three point line getting some dribble drives, getting into the mid-range, being able to knock down some jumpers, had some really nice drives tonight. I thought Trey Burke played arguably his best game of the season also, and that's important because the bench and the depth of this team will continue to need to get better as the season goes on so that Mavs fans and folks who watch and support the team have more confidence that these guys can step up in bigger moments. We've seen Moses Brown start to grow a little bit, Josh Green getting a little bit better. Trey Burke is going to have to be a guy along with Jalen Brunson when Luka comes back to this lineup that helps this second unit be able to sustain offensively you know, going forward because if Burke and Brunson are able to score and drive and provide that kind of offensive punch for that second unit, that's going to bode well for the Mavericks going forward. So I thought Trey Burke was tremendous in this game against the Hornets. Oh, yeah, massive. He, he was huge in this game. I mean, he was the second-leading scorer for the Mavericks. He he was the the head of the snake on offense at times, especially when Brunson wasn't in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they need that. And I think he's one of the reasons why we're not seeing Frank a lot. I've seen a lot of people tweet and comment, where's Frank? Why can't Frank get more minutes? It feels like Jason Kidd is, is having to make a decision between – all right, I got I got Josh Green kind of filling in Sterling Brown's minutes. Every once in a while, I'm going to give him some of, of Frank Nilakina's minutes if we're just going to take him in, in little piles. And then if Trey Burke is, is out there, the Mavericks need some offense. To, like, like They need just some instant offense they can get and you know kind of uh, create out of nowhere. And Trey Burke brings that and Frank doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I think Trey Burke being good in this game sort of it hurts Frank Nilakina, But it's, it's depth, right? Yeah. It continues to add to the depth of this Mavericks team. And that's something that the Mavericks desperately need because um, 
man, if you're just looking across the league right now, there's just so many teams that are just missing a bunch of guys. I mean, man. the Bulls are missing a ton of guys right now. The, Decimated the by COVID, yeah. missing a bunch of guys mm-hmm. in this game. And so the Mavericks need that depth desperately in this season. And uh, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, all right, coming up, let, let's let's get into – Let's get into Josh Green and Moses Brown. They've had uh, Moses Brown's been really good recently. Josh Green had one of his best games. If you look at the stats, you say, "Well, I don't, I don't know if that's a great game," but it was a really good game for Josh Green. We'll tell you why coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You get knowledge from me and Kevin Isaac. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because you boost. You get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Locked On Mavericks. You can watch Kevin Gray on YouTube. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line. So your family can all harness that brain power too. The power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can ha- do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Maybe over 9,000, like hopefully our YouTube subs will get to. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phones limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers, covers, not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Lockdown Mavericks. You can also go to Kevin Gray's YouTube channel that I'll put in the description of the on YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, post-game analysis all the time. Good questions from him. Josh Green, one of his best games as a Dallas Maverick. Probably his best game. We were sitting next to Lauren yeah. Gunn, who is like the, <laughs> the preeminent like Josh Green apologist mm-hmm. in, in Mavs media. And uh, yeah, he had seven points, six boards, two assists. Uh, hit a three, his second three of his NBA career, his NBA <laughs> yes. career I think, right? Second um, as many games, I think. And then his, yeah. Yeah, his, his second one, you know, in back-to-back nights. So why was this game so good for Josh Green? What stood out to you? I think his energy, his being able to make plays when he doesn't have the basketball in his hands, he finds a way to make an impact on the game, whether it be second chance opportunities to help guys hit three pointers, whether it be, you know, finding an open man with an extra pass, being able to move without the basketball. I think he had a nice, you know, alley-oop dunk, you know, on an out of bounds play. Like he had some really good moments in this game. And I think one of the things that I've wanted to see for Josh Green in terms of his development is what one or two discernible skills does he have to give him opportunities to get out onto the floor? Yes. And what he started to develop is a basketball IQ that allows him to move without the basketball, make plays, hustle plays, energy plays. Those are things that are skills that he's developing. And then we saw him hit a couple of jump shots, hit a three-pointer, hit a baseline jumper. Those are the kinds of things that you want to see in terms of Josh Green's development to give them the idea hey, he's got some actual discernible skills that will make him effective on the court without having to be a guy that needs to have the basketball in his hands. What can he do to help this team win? And he's starting to learn how to do those things. And that's encouraging, you know, for a guy who's going to bring the energy night in and night out to be able to hit some shots for them. His little jump shot, like his little like mid-range jump, has really like stood out. It has been something that has kind of surprised me this season. It's something that he's added. It seems like it's always moving and leaning and something, but uh, (laughs) but it goes in for him every once in a while, which which is good. What you're seeing with Josh Green is the confidence instilled when a coach is is confident in you, right? Mm -hmm. Like. I've bemoaned Jason Kidd for many different reasons and talked about the negatives and all that. But Reggie Bullock said the other day, 
that Jason Kidd is a player's coach. He inspires a lot of confidence and instills a lot of confidence in his players. Reggie Bullock said that. So if a player is saying that, then I, I, I tend to believe that, that he, that at least Jason Kidd is attempting to do that. And that's one of Jason <laughs> Kidd's, you know, the thing that he is attempting to do, right, is be a player's coach and instill confidence. And so, Instilling confidence in a guy like Josh Green. We don't see what's happening behind the scenes. Maybe Jason Kidd is really, you know, pouring into him. Maybe he's he's pulling him aside every once in a while during practice or something and explaining things to him. But now you're starting to see Josh Green get some minutes and confidence instilled to him uh, monetarily by, by like playing him more and like mm-hmm. showing showing like all right, I'm putting my money. Jason Kidd's like I'm putting my money where my mouth is and putting you out there instead of Frank Nilakina or you know instead of more minutes for some of the other wings. And Josh Green's taken advantage of it. That confidence has been instilled in him, and uh, and that's great. His his defense was was pretty good in this game. He had a block. I think I think it was credited to Porzingis, but uh, Mavs highlight tweeted out. I retweeted it. It was just an incredible play where Josh Green was in front of his man the whole time. The man tried to take him to the basket, and then dished it off to somebody else. Josh Green got the switch and then was able to get the block and and alter the shot again. He's just he's all, he's all over the place. And your your point about his passing and his making the ability. Josh Green is a guy that helps your team turn a good shot into a great shot, mm-hmm. right? He is finding guys around the perimeter. There's a couple times in this game where Josh Green could have taken a shot. If he was Trey Burke, I think he would have taken a couple sure. of those shots, right? Those mid-range shots, but he's not that type of player. He throws cross-court passes all the way, whips one across to Tim Hardaway Jr. for an open three. He has a mid-range shot open, but instead he kicks it back to Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dorian hits a three. That was one of his assists. Like he's a guy that, that really makes passes better. Um He's got to get better across the board at all those sure. things to be, you know, to be included in some of these Mavs games against better opponents. But yeah, it, it was it's been great to see Josh Green um, really come along and, and show some life. Exactly, I think a lot of us had, had sort of given up on the idea of Josh Green, but you have to remember, like his rookie season was so random, yeah, and so weird <laughs> yeah. and truncated and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that this is essentially a rookie year for him, right? I, that's kind of what I consider it. He got the, you know a little bit of a, an introduction into the NBA, and now sure. we're finally seeing Josh in the NBA. Shout out to uh, Desmond Bain, because I think one of the reasons why we've seen some more Josh Green minutes is because Desmond Bain walked in here into the American Airlines Desmond, Center. Desmond Bain shamed the Mavs <laughs> into playing Josh Green. I think more. so. He dropped 29-9 and nine in here. And what was the conversation after the game? It's true. Oh, man, we should have drafted Josh Bain, or uh, Desmond Bain. Should have got him. And now you've seen Josh Green get some more extended run and some minutes. And he's making the kind I say that jokingly, but <laughs> well, Sterling it, Brown went down too. So exactly. There, there's some factors. Yeah, exactly. So give credit to Josh Green for continuing to develop, stay ready for his moment. <laughs> and he's been taking advantage of it. And I hope that's something for him going forward that he can use as a confidence builder. And more importantly, Jason Kidd can continue to develop the kind of trust in him that he can to help him become the kind of player that he believes he can be. The Mavs have really committed to playing this lineup of Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith. Mm-hmm. How important is those two guys getting on the, the same page defensively? Because I think we're starting to see it over these last couple of games. Those guys, because when they first play, there's a lot of miscommunication between those two, especially those two and Porzingis. I think over the last game, we're starting to see those three guys. That's the core of the Mavericks' defense. And then when you throw Maxi in there, that's the, that's a real, that's like a solid defense that you can build mm-hmm. off of those four guys and then throw Luca in there, throw Brunson in there, somebody else. What's, how important is it for those three guys, and especially those two wings, to, to get these minutes that they've been playing together? I think it's extremely important because I think one of the underrated parts of having Reggie Bullock on this team is that he will help you become a better defender. He's one of the more premier perimeter defenders in the NBA. We consider Dorian a good defensive player, 
but I think he can now take the next level, the next step by learning from a guy in Bullock. And you can only do that by playing consistent minutes with him, seeing where he's going to be in certain spots, how he's defending certain guards, how he's defending, you know, at 94 feet half court wise, how he's handling the perimeter. Those two will continue to work together. And Maxi Kleber, what I think is probably the Mavs' most versatile defender as he continues to get himself, especially getting healthy and remaining healthy. Yes. That's going to be extremely important. And then with Porzingis doing what he's doing, you know, protecting the paint and those kinds of things, you're starting to see some of the strides that defensively they can make. Jason Kidd talks about it all the time, right? Holding teams to under 100 points. They Defensive did it again. Runs. Exactly. They did it <laughs> again runs. tonight against the, the Charlotte Hornets. So those three guys with Porzingis' ability to protect the rim, those are things that they can take with them night after night, even when they're not hitting shots, even if they have to, if they have to win games ugly. They can do that by getting better defensively each night. Yeah, I think the keys for those four guys to play, to figure out communication, to get chemistry, mm -hmm. you build that in a regular season. Yeah. Reggie Bullock's new to this team. The other three guys have played together a lot before, but Porzingis wasn't right last year. They're, they're playing with a kind of a new Porzingis. He is, he's moving a lot better on the defensive end. He's contesting a lot more shots mm -hmm. now. How many times did I just like exclaim and look over to you and be like, during this game, when Porzingis <laughs> jumps at three-point shooters, oh, the contest when he leaves the ground from three-point shooters drives me nuts. But he had five blocks in this game. He altered even more shots than that. He's starting to to become that Porzingis defender that we saw mm -hmm. in the past in New York and other places. And playing with with Bullock and Dorian as those two guys figure out, all right, we can we can switch this, we can do this, we can move around, and we can um, you know recover and and do all this stuff with on defense. It's really helping this team. And we're starting to see it against some of these bad teams. Now I'm ready to see it against against a good team. I don't know if yeah. it's this Lakers team coming up, but I'm ready to see it against a, a better team where the Mavericks defend a little better. We saw it, I guess we saw it a little against that against the Nets. Yeah. That was one of the games recently where we saw Mavs defense sort of show out a little. I think one thing that's really going to be a confidence booster with Porzingis playing defensively the way that he is, you can get a little more aggressive with your perimeter defense when it's Dorian yeah. and Reggie Bullock because you know you've got a guy behind you that's going to erase some shots and alter some shots to where you could take some more chances defensively to either go after steals or be a little bit more aggressive in terms of your half-court defense and on the perimeter. So I think it goes hand-in-hand -hand with Dorian and Reggie Bullock's ability to defend on the perimeter, knowing that guys like Maxi and Porzingis are back there waiting to fortify that defense in the paint. So... Hopefully that's a sign of things to come going forward, especially as they start playing, you know, better teams as far as the West is concerned. It's weird that, you know, you, you call Luke, call KP a unicorn because he can hit threes and get block shots, right? Mm -hmm. That was that was the combination of two things that KP could do. And a really good defensive center is almost like a stretch five in the NBA where mm. it, it opens mm. up stuff for your team. A stretch mm. five on offense, what does it do? Okay, it pulls the, the defender out of the paint. It allows space for the rest of the offense to work. Uh rim protector on defense sits back and allows space for everybody else to you know def to defend in space to take a couple of chances mm -hmm. to do a couple of so I think both of those things in one person is what's a unicorn and we're finally seeing some of that in south Porzingis. and yeah it, it, it's very important for him anybody else stand out in this game that you say oh dang we haven't talked about this guy or um moses brown he played a little bit we didn't see a, a ton from him he had um, he played just under nine minutes, four points, six boards. Some of that was in, in garbage time. Want to make sure to show a little love to uh, Jalen Brunson and also Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. going five of eleven from the three point line tonight. Hopefully, he's starting to turn a little bit of a corner when it comes to his shooting ability because they're going to need him to be their third best player on this team. Yes, you know, going forward. So hopefully, he's starting to turn a little bit of a corner. And Jalen Brunson, 
my man is a fire hydrant, but he's showing, you know, just enough quickness to get to guys, to get to the basket, make plays for himself or his teammates. Just love watching him continue to grow and play. Jalen Brunson, I thought, had another solid night with 13 points, you know, helping out, you know, as far as stepping into the starting lineup with Luka Doncic being out. So hopefully Luka Doncic will be back for Wednesday's game against the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, I got to show a little bit of love to Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. for the nights that they had against the Hornets. Yeah, Brunson, eight assists for him in this game, too. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that we've been asking of Brunson or hoping for Brunson to do is step into, you know, being a creator for this team. And with Luka out, he's he's stepped into that role, that, I guess, mantle, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, he's really stepped into that. Okay. It's been too long. We, we waited long enough. The loudest <laughs> this arena has maybe been all season. So it's a blowout win. The Mavericks are up by 20-something. You're starting to see, okay, Jay, you know, kids starting to put some garbage time players in there. He's starting to throw some guys out there. Um, people are starting to leave, like the, the MFF for nows. Like they, they're the one they start, they start, wow. they start leaving. Wow. And, um, Shade and all of a sudden, you start hearing. It's I think it started in, the, in whatever that section is over there, like 100 and, and – Eight, 107. Yeah, yeah. Right over in that corner over there, the opposite where we start hearing, we want Boban. Oh, yeah. We want Boban. So you start hearing, we want Boban chants. Uh-huh. And so I was looking around, and I love, it. I love when people are chanting for Boban. You see him at the end of the bench, hold out my binoculars, and then I look over. Luca is joining on the, we want Boban. He's clapping his hands. <laughs> I love it, yes. Yeah. He's clapping his hands, and it was absolutely hilarious. Is this Luca just loving what the crowd is wanting? Jace Kid gave the people what they gave them what they wanted. He put Boban in, and Boban went in and immediately got one of Boban's <laughs> patented, grabbed the ball with one hand, and laid the ball in. Yep. The crowd went absolutely insane. It was uh, it's one of those moments you just remember. Like, man, we haven't had you know sports in a while because of COVID and all that. It's just great to have a bunch of people. That love one thing together in one in one room, really. Boban is the great unifier for the MFFLs, and if nothing else, he was able to give them uh, what they were looking for. Had a couple baskets, had a nice dunk, you know, toward the end of the game. So this was a a, a feel good game for the Dallas Mavericks and for their fans to at least see them do what they did to the New Orleans Pelicans when they dropped a bu- what a buck thirty nine on them, yeah. you know, on the road, come home drop 120 on the Hornets, you know, shoot the lights out. Guys play well on both ends of the floor. And you got to see Boban come in and have some Boban moments to send the crowd home happy. It's just, it's like when a uh, a face wrestler, a professional wrestler is a face and the crowd wants to be sent home happy. Boban sent the crowd home <laughs> happy tonight with his uh, getting able to come in and have a couple bucks to make the folks feel good tonight. That is a reference that is out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> it's Look, man, Every you got your heel wrestler, you got your face wrestler, you got the bad guy, you got the good guy. The good guy gets to send the crowd home happy after beating the bad guy. The Hornets were the bad guy. Bo Bond sent the crowd home happy because he's the good guy. He's the oh, ultimate yeah, good guy. For sure. The ultimate good guy. Yeah, I'm no expert, but I don't think wrestling with your face is probably the most <laughs> they'll know what i'm talking about they'll know exactly what i'm talking about there you go go subscribe to kevin gray's youtube channel listen to him on 105.3 the fan follow him on twitter at kevin gray sports guys thanks so much for listening to locked on maps making us your first listen every single day now go listen to locked on bets with your boy q and lee sterling great stuff from them picks every single day for you uh, subscribe wherever you get podcasts guys thanks so much for listening to my Boom.